Hello and welcome to another wannabe entrepreneur episode. My name is Tiago and I am your host. This is the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. And for the new listeners out there, let me give you a quick, quick introduction about what this podcast is all about. I quit my job and became an indie hacker more than a year ago. It was actually June 2021. And I've been narrating my whole journey the good stuff and the bad stuff and the boring stuff and the exciting stuff and all the stuffs in this podcast. So maybe it's worth it for you to go back a few episodes just to see where I started. Spoiler alert, the quality is not the best, but it's still worth it. I think it's listenable and it's really good for you to understand as well a little bit about me and about the journey of an indie hacker. There's a lot of ups and as well a lot of downs. It's a real roller coaster. Besides that, I have interviewed more than 60 different indie makers and you can learn a lot from them, as I did, in wannabe-entrepreneur.com slash episodes. So this is kind of the little introduction for the people that are new to this podcast. Today, I'll be speaking about my past week, my indie week, and I, I have a lot of interesting topics to cover. I want to speak about how mood or how you should be able to control your own mood and how important is, is that for an indie maker. I also want to speak about some groundbreaking achievements that people in the, the community, I basically run a community for indie makers, and they, a lot of the members are there for more than a year, and now they're really achieving amazing, amazing stuff. I want to speak about that. And I want to speak about Black Friday and uh, a bunch of updates on my project. And as well, today, we have a little sponsor section where I'll be introducing a new indie product for you. And I, I have to say, this product changed my life. It's really, really good. And uh, I, I want to share that with you. I'm super excited that even they agreed to sponsor this podcast because I really wanted to speak about it. So it's going to be a packed one. Let's get started with today's episode. Growing a podcast is extremely hard. It's been more than a year that I'm doing this, and I have now reached 200 people that listen to me, which for me, to be honest, is amazing. Like I cannot believe that you listen to me every week. Imagine like having 200 people in front of you, like you're the teacher or like you have an audience of 200 people. I don't want to say that I'm the teacher. <laughs> that, that, that sounds kind of wrong. But like imagine like 200 people in front of you and you're speaking to them every week. It's amazing. Like the fact that you come and listen to me, I'm super humble and super happy about that. When people ask me, how do you grow an audience? Like, I don't know. It's so hard. Obviously, there's a few things that come to mind. First of all, Twitter really helped. And then my interviews. When I interview people, the people that I interview share it with their audience. And normally, since they are also my audience, they end up listening or some of them end up listening to the WBE. Why do they keep listening? Well, I guess it's because they like the content and as well because we create a relationship. I mean, we are talking with each other for more than a year and a half now and uh, I feel that you are part of my life. <laughs> and I guess you feel the same. So that's why people just keep listening. But there's many, many other ways to grow your audience, but they require a lot of work. One thing that I've started doing recently or a few months ago, I told you about it, was to start posting my podcast episodes to YouTube. 
And I created a script to do that. And basically what you're just listening now, you can also listen on YouTube. But I also started in my interviews to record video and then create little, I call them Joe Rogan snippets. You know, when you go on YouTube and you see a bunch of interviews that Joe Rogan did and they are just nice little snippets and normally they have a catchy title. So I, I tried to do that with my interviews as well. But this is a lot of work. Like imagine having an interview of one hour and a half plus video and then finding the right snippets and then editing them and like pushing them to YouTube and doing all of that. It takes hours. Just like, just for you to understand, just for me to edit the interview it takes maybe, depends, three to five hours, one interview. And then if you need to create these snippets and post them on YouTube, these are many, many, many hours of work and you really don't know if they will work out. Sometimes you will only see the results after months when, whenever like YouTube algorithm decides to pick them up. So I was always trying to find a solution for that, a way to somehow create these clips and these snippets in a more automated way. And I found it. And by the way, this is the sponsored section of this episode. So your advice, this is sponsored, but like, this is super, super exciting. I was on Twitter and I think it was Arvid. Arvid also has now interviews and he has a podcast, as you probably know. And he tweeted something in the lines of, I wish there was a better way to create snippets out of my interviews. And I was like, yeah, yeah, just join the line. Obviously, everyone wants that, but unfortunately, there's no way to do that. And then I got a little notification. Bloop. I was like, okay, someone answered my comment. And it was Abinaf. And Abinaf said, hey, we have a solution for you. We have a tool called recast.studio. And we basically just released a new feature where we convert your video or your podcast into snippets using AI. And I was very suspicious. I was like, yeah, yeah, another person claiming that they can do this. Yeah, obviously you can, like, no way. And he shared a website and I was like, okay, let, let me try it out. I open it and I have to say, like... The experience, first of all, it's super, super nice because I could just search for my podcast and search for an episode. So I actually didn't have to upload it. I was like, okay, want to be entrepreneur? Very good. All right. Click. Bam. And then it said it was analyzing, analyzed for a few minutes, and it did a really good job transcribing the whole episode. So you have this super nice feature where you see the whole transcription of your podcast and you can actually edit your podcast by editing the text. There's many other platforms that already do this, so this was not new, but it's still very exciting and it's very easy for you to skip ahead and, and to find little clips because you can just read them and it's much, much easier. But I was excited about this other feature. He said like, okay, we can create the snippets. And I was like, perfect, let, let, me, let me try. So... I clicked, I found the feature, I clicked generate snippets, and again, it took a few seconds, it said, okay, we are generating the snippets. I used the, by the way, Peter Levels interview, because I still didn't create snippets for, for this interview, and it's the one with the most success, and bam, there was around like 20, 20 30 snippets created, and I was like, no way, I cannot believe, and the first one just said, are you religious? No. And I was like, okay, this is super, a super interesting title. So I actually clicked and it got exactly the right 
time, the right snippet. So it starts with me asking, are you religious? And with him answering no and explaining why. And it's so good. Like, I kid you not, it really, really works well. And not, not only actually the editing part, but even the titles, everything. And then it generates a little template for you with the transcription. So it generates a little video where people can actually follow along and, and they can read it and generates a title. It makes, like, it, it makes it so easy for you to create the snippets. I thought it was lucky. I thought, okay, maybe the first one worked, but then all the others worked. And it's like, wow, they actually made it. So this tool is called recast and uh, you can find it on uh, on the show notes of this episode it's called recast.studio and uh, it's really interesting because they share a little bit also why they started this they started this as a chrome extension to convert blog posts into videos because writers and video editors did it manually and it was really hard and they shifted towards making a tool for podcasters so that people can repurpose their, their podcasting and their episodes. And I know if you are a podcaster, you're thinking, I need this. Yes. I can give my seal of approval here because I've tried it out and I've used it and I've already uploaded. To be honest, I became, I started paying for it. <laughs> no joke. I started paying for it. And I started uploading already a bunch of snippets from my Peter Levels interview. You can also like create a little template of your video and then it just, it will just generate all the snippets following that template. And it's a great, great tool. They are indie makers. They are just starting now. So the pricing is still very low. I think the first tier is around $10. And I also have a discount for you. If you use WB20, you get 20% discount on all plans, monthly and annual. So this is really a great opportunity for you to go and help a fellow indie maker with a great, great product. And if you are a podcaster, definitely go try it out. And that's it for today's sponsored section and like always if you have feedback please send it my way as well if you want to have your indie product featured here in the podcast send me a dm or the link will be in the description and you just have to fill in the form very simple and we can make that happen and at the same time we'll also be supporting this podcast now i want to speak about youtube I love YouTube. YouTube is definitely my guilty pleasure platform. I don't do Instagram or TikTok, but YouTube, yes, you'll see me there for sure, watching all the silly content, the intellectual content, and the shorts, which I, I don't like. I really don't like the YouTube shorts. Like, they're so addictive, and, like, please, remove them. <laughs> Anyways, a lot of the inspiration that I get, even for my projects, came from YouTube. For example, Casey Neistat inspired this podcast, because when I started this podcast, I was trying to do one episode each day, like Casey did with his vlogs. So it was a great inspiration. And there's a lot of people, a lot of YouTube creators that I've been following for a long time. There's one in particular, one channel called Dude Perfect. You know it? Maybe some of you do. Basically, they do trick shots. They, it's, they have videos of trick shots. They started when they were in college with low production videos, and now they have a really amazing TV channel-like production. Like, when you watch their videos now, you know that there is a whole camera crew and people will be really helping out with everything, and they have millions of views. Recently, one of them got a prize. So basically what they do is they have these kind of battles, and they are, I, think, I believe they're like five, and they battle each other in different kind of sports and trick shots, and 
they had one battle where each one of them had to build a rocket, like a real rocket, and they had to fly it. And the one that would fly it the highest would win a real trip to space. Yes, this is happening. It's 2022, and people can literally go to space if they pay. Sure, it costs the price of a small apartment, or even more. I actually don't know the price, but it's definitely very, very expensive. But you can go to space. You don't need to be an astronaut. You don't need to be super fit or to have been in the Air Force or super intelligent. No, you can literally go there two days before, you do one drill, and then, bam, you're ready to go to space. And even if you don't like YouTube, Dude Perfect, whatever, I highly recommend for you to watch the video where they basically recorded the whole journey and adventure of going to space. It's really, really good. I'll link it in the show notes. And it's good for two main things. First of all, they are going to space. Like, just the fact that this is happening. And they have all the camera, all everything set up, and you can literally see everything. It's, it's so, so amazing. And by the way, there's no pilot. Yes, like, they, I, I'm imagining them, like, all getting into the spaceship. There are, like, about five or six of them. And they're like, okay, wh- where's the pilot, by the way? Oh, no, no, the pilot doesn't want to go. <laughs> There's no pilot. It's fully autonomous. They go to space. They stay there for five minutes. They return. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why you should watch this video. The other reason is because the, um, the dude perfect that actually won, he actually opens up about... It's a very emotional day, right? I mean, he's going to space. And he opens up about the channel. And, and one thing that he says really gets me thinking. He said that he could not believe that a silly trick shots YouTube channel is now taking him to space. I mean, he cannot compute that. And one, one thing that he says is that God had bigger plans for their YouTube channel than themselves. And I found this really, really interesting for two main reasons. One, the fact that he's super humble. Like, the fact that he's actually admitting that he has no idea why their YouTube channel has so much success. That probably there's some kind of entity helping them out. And at the same time, that same fact kind of surprises me. Like, these five dudes that are able to make millions, that actually got to go to space because of their YouTube channel, have no idea how come they reach this amount of success. And there's so many other YouTube channels, so many other trickshot YouTube channels that did not succeed, that did not have more than 100 views or 1,000 views. Why did they succeed? Was there actually something or a bunch of things that they did right? Can they pinpoint them? They can't. Like... Otherwise, you would have said, by the way, we reach here because of our hard work and we did this and that right. But no, he says that there's something else, that there's a strong force carrying them. Like, it seems that no matter what they did, they couldn't go wrong. And I see this as well in our community, in our indie hacking community. I mean, there's a few makers out there. And of course, you know, like, what is the first one that comes to mind? Peter Levels, obviously that it seems that no matter what they do, like whatever they touch, it's gold. And of course, there, there is a lot of merit. There is a lot of hard work, a lot of talent. I'm not denying that. But there's also other makers that have maybe the same exact hard work and talent, everything, and they don't achieve that. And the whole reason why I started this podcast is because I, I wanted to understand if there is a formula, if there is 
some variables that we can somehow control to increase the likelihood of success. And there are, there are a few things that all of these great gurus are, are making that if we do make them as well, the chances of success are much higher. But sometimes people are just lucky, I guess. Luck? Yes, they just, they're able to start the right thing in the right time and they get carried away. It's like catching a great wave. When you, you when you catch a wave, you have to paddle. Well, by the way, this is an amazing, this is an amazing comparison here. So listen to this. When you catch a wave, you need, you need to paddle. I don't know if you surf or like, I don't surf, but I, I've tried this. Like you have to paddle, right? And at some point, there's two things that can happen. You can keep on paddling to try to keep up with the wave, but eventually the wave will just kind of overcome you. Or the wave can actually carry you. And that's how I think it must feel. Like you start something, you paddle, and suddenly you're being carried. And no matter what you do, you're just being carried. At some point, you cannot even stop, you know? And, and sometimes it can, this can also be bad, right? Like this can also be this avalanche thing. Like, okay, I want to stop, but I can't because the wave is just scaring me. But at the same time, I, I believe that we, don't, we cannot learn a lot from these people because they don't know how they reach there. Of course, they can try to put things into words and like Peter Levels and Tony Dean, he has a great newsletter, Peter Levels has the make book. And definitely you should read that because that will increase your chances of success. But at the same time, I believe there's a kind of intuition, a kind of luck that they they cannot teach because they don't even know how they got them. So I think it's really important as well for us not to only focus on the people that are having extremely success, but as well with the people that are failing, with the people that are trying multiple, multiple different things. In the community, I started the WB space more than a year ago. And the goal was, okay, this is a place where makers can get together and help each other grow. And I've seen people grow. Like one big example is Luca with his app, Ivoy, that I interviewed here in the podcast. And I interviewed like back in the days when Ivoy was making zero. And now he's making already 500 bucks. And this was like last week. Probably now he's making more. Like it's really growing. His MRR is growing like crazy. The same with Gotham, for instance, from, from Famewall. is also from the community. His MRR is now growing really, really fast. And I can really learn from them because I really follow them since the beginning. I know what I've been doing and I can tell you it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of things that I also don't know that worked, but they did. So they kept on doing it. And it's so satisfying to see this happening. And I, I recently asked Luca if he thinks the reason why he had this, this success was because of the community. And he, he said that he cannot say it for sure if it was, but one thing is true is that the community had a great role and an important role in this indie journey. He doesn't know if maybe it was not part of the community, if he would have achieved the same success, but definitely it helped and it helped at least in his journey. So that made me feel really, really good. And it made me feel that takes time. Like patience is something really, really important for us indie makers. This week, I read a very interesting post that was shared by Lala, a member of the WB community. And this post was written by Shan Puri, the, one of the hosts of My First Million podcast. And he speaks about how important it is 
to control one's mood. Like for us to figure out how to first of all like realize that we are in a bad mood and how to get out of it. This is so important. And this past week with all my hard work, I have so many things because I also have the freelancing on top that I feel that I cannot keep up. So it's been more than a week since I left my house because I work from home and I'm really feeling like like a bad mood. I, in general, I feel like a bad mood and I can see this affecting my mental health. I'm getting more discouraged, a little bit more depressed. So when I read this, it kind of clicked and it, it basically tells that, tells that we should be able to detect when we are having bad moods and also to know ourselves and know how to control it. So for me, the first thing that comes to my mind when I'm having this kind of mood is that I want to eat shit, basically. I want to eat like sugar and, and fries and all of that. And this is kind of a cycle because when I do that, then I, I feel bad, even like worse, because I feel that I'm eating poorly besides not exercising. So it's a never-ending end, cycle. So I'm not saying that... Oh, of course, sometimes it's important to know that a little bit of sugar or a little treat will also help you, but not too much, right? So you really need to figure out what works for you. It gives a bunch of, ex of exercises that you that you can do. For instance, you can listen to music, you can meditate, you can uh, do like actual exercise, you know, go run, do push-ups, or you can just disconnect. There's many other things. We need to figure out what works best for us. And... Um, one thing, he also speaks about patience, and we're just now speaking about patience, and he says that he was very impatient, and quite often when we feel that, okay, we are nervous, we don't know what to do, we we just want to do something, take action, and what he says is that, and I, I paraphrase, impatience with action, patience with results, so... He claims that it, well, the best approach here is, okay, if you feel that something is wrong, that you need to improve something, sit down and take some action. Analyze all your data. Sometimes it's just an impression, right? Like sometimes I feel that the community engagement is going down, but then I have actually a, a graph that shows me the engagement and I see that it's not going down, right? So I can, I can feel that it was just in my mind, but the data doesn't lie, right? So first of all, analyze in a very unbiased way, check the data, and then figure out things that work and come up with a plan and start acting on that plan. But then be patient with the results. That's what he also says in this post. Things take time, you know, a anything in life takes time. And with indie projects, it's the same. I mean, you build a feature, but first you need to attract users to see the feature. They need time to see the feature and, and they need time to react to the feature. This is not instant. It might take one, two days, one week, even more. Like SEO, for instance, you write a blog post, you cannot expect to immediately start having thousands of people coming from Google. It takes time. Google has to index. People have to watch it and, and read it. And the session duration needs to increase. It takes time. So what it says here, and I, I found it really interesting is, being patient with action. Okay, if you feel that something is wrong, do something to change it now, then wait, then be patient to collect the results. So I, I found this really, really interesting. And uh, even when we look to these people that have really a lot of success, always think that you are only seeing the success. You are not seeing the dozens of products that failed, the thousands of hours that they had to work in their craft and the low moments, you don't see those. 
because we don't like to share them most of the times. And there's a lot of makers that try to share them. I tried to do that in this podcast as well, but mostly it like success and happiness sells more a lot of the times in this kind of situation, at least. So just think about that and maybe try to have, uh, it feels that now I'm like giving you advice, but this is actually advice for me. I am just speaking to myself, but yeah, try to look at business as business and not as your personal failure or success and try to take a more rational approach. What can I do to change it? What can I test next? And then let's have some patience and test it. And I think that's that's really important. And for me, I've been mixing, and I think it's normal for indie maker, makers, but I've been mixing my personal success and my business success too much to the point that I feel that I cannot do anything else until I fix my my business because otherwise I'm failing as a person. I, I've talked about this in the past with you and I still feel this. And this is not healthy because I feel like I'm missing out in a lot of stuff. And I, I talked about this frequently, right? The social stuff and everything. But I'm missing out on that. I'm missing out on living other aspects of life that are important but I cannot do them yet because I feel that I'm failing personally as well. So again, going back to let's separate things. Yes, business is important and it's really hard to separate, fully separate from, from your own persona, especially because we are solopreneurs, but it's important to do that. And it's important to see business with a pragmatic and rational view. We are now reaching the end of the episode. I don't want to make it super long, but I did promise you some updates on my project. So let's let's give a quick set of updates for you. Indie Lottery, it's still growing. The conversion is the highest that I've ever seen, to be honest. It's crazy. Like around 25% of the people that go to the website end up converting, which is really good. And our main source of uh, traffic is basically sending DMs on Twitter. Yes, it's called DMs. I spoke about it, I think, I believe, last episode. But it's still working. It's really great. We basically collect a bunch of Twitter handles from uh, Building Public, from Product Hunt, Indie Hackers. And then I import all of that to iVoE and I send... A message to everyone, like a personalized message, because HiveOE allows you to have, uh, like, put a little variable that fetches the name of the person, and, like, a lot of people answer. A lot of people end up giving or submitting their product, giving great feedback. So, definitely, this is the best way so far to bring traffic to the Indie Lottery. Besides that, every time we find some interesting posts on Indie Hackers, we try as well to somehow plug our indie lottery product. Joe and I are the, are splitting the um, the tasks really really well. Is basically taking care of finding all the Twitter handles and I take care of sending the messages and then collecting the feedback and communicating with the people and we end up also converting some of these people to sponsors. I end up asking, "Hey, would you be interested perhaps in like get your product feature for 7 days?" and a lot of them end up saying that they they would so uh, the the numbers are great like the conversion and everything is great that gets us super excited the feedback is great the big issue is bring traffic to the website in a consistent manner because we don't want to be sending messages every day so we are 
trying to work on the viral loop. We 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 have the idea of like sending badges like Brother Hunt. It's something that we're going to start from next week. I'll give you an update on that later. Uh, once we have more results, but basically the idea is that we will have the product of the week, so the product that each week got the most views, and this person, this product will get an award, and hopefully they will get a badge that they will paste on their website, and this will, in one hand, bring like backlinks for us and increase the authority of our website, and at the same time it will help with some free marketing, and then I'm also focusing on SEO. I've been working on improving the links, like the slugs of the product pages. So before I had like a little, this is a little bit too technical, but I had a little parameter on the URL where I had like slug equals something. And now I worked on have a proper path in the URL. So you have product slash wannabe entrepreneur, for instance. And I believe that this is much better for SEO and this is also much easier for people to share. So that's that's been our focus. We did do a Black Friday deal was only up on uh, Friday. Uh, a lot of people normally do it throughout the weekend, but we decided, okay, let's do it only on Friday. And it was very short notice. We basically decided the day before, and uh, Jean and I were talking, and we were like, okay, let's do a let's do a deal. And we did fifty percent, fifty percent on the sponsor section of the of the indie lottery. We got three people. Three people decided to to take this deal. So instead of thirty bucks, they paid fifteen bucks to get featured. And uh, I mean, it, it's it's good. I think Black Friday is mostly a marketing stunt because people end up not losing money, but they just make less money. So this is good not to make a lot of money, but to get your product in a lot of new eyeballs. And uh, yeah, it's a marketing technique. I also was able to get one uh, sponsor deal here for the podcast. For the podcast, like I, I didn't even advertise it too much. I shared it like just in almost the end of Friday, and I said, "Hey, I'm also giving fifty percent for the podcast." And one person took the deal. So, yeah, if you really wanna take advantage of Black Friday for marketing, I advise you to take a little bit more time for the preparation. I in the community, I saw a bunch of other members doing that and they they were able to get a few a few like interesting deals one of our members Dobroslav he actually collected uh all the deals because uh, Tony Dean created a GitHub repository where people could just push their deals and he converted that GitHub to a website a super cool website is it's called blackfridaydeals.lol and uh, I will sh- link it in the show notes. The website looks really great. And it's so cool like to be in this community because there's always so many interesting and surprising and creative things going on. So, yeah, that, that was my Black Friday. Not super exciting. Let me know about yours, actually. Send me a message on Twitter, ThiagoWB, and uh, let me know if Black Friday actually worked well for you. Besides that, like a lot of work with the freelance, like I'm, I'm using Flutterflow and I will probably give you a proper review in maybe the next or the other episode about, about Flutterflow and what I'm learning from these no-code tools because it's really interesting as well. And I think you'll enjoy listening from that. So I'll give you a proper extensive review on that in another episode. And uh, in the community, not a lot has happened. Actually, today... There's an interesting event that we're going to do. I did a, a partnership with uh, Ida from, she's also a member of the community, and she kind of organized a set of interesting games 
and we are going to do kind of a chat roulette or a, a speed date between the members and we the members will play these games to get to know each other more and to get to know each other businesses more super excited about that i think this I, I think I can really explore this and we can really explore this to make this into a very interesting product like Daniel Vassalo does with these cohort courses and everything. But again, it's just an idea. I don't want to say anything. Let's see how it comes in the future. But yeah, that's that's basically the, the updates from my side. I, I've been trying to release two interviews. I have two interviews that I need to edit and release them, but I didn't have the time. It's so annoying. This week, I will definitely release one interview that I did with uh, with Matt and uh, I think you'll really enjoy that I also have video and it was here at my place, we ate pastel nata so I think it's a, a very fun interview and that's it for today's wannabe entrepreneur episode, let me just give you the closing remarks again do not forget to try out Recast Studio, the link will be in the description and you can also get the code to get your 20% discount Besides that, if you want to become a sponsor of this podcast and support it, you the link will also be there and you just you just follow like it's just a tally form. You can just uh, sign in and it takes you uh, some minutes and it's super easy and we can work on that. You can also become a member of the WB space and join a network of indie makers from all over the world and build your product together with us. You can buy the WB merch. And uh, you can share this with your best friends. Why not? Like, go to your best friend and say, hey, it's time for you to become an indie hacker. Listen to the WB podcast and uh, you'll love it. So, as you can see, many, many ways for you to help this little WB family to grow. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening and being a listener. I really appreciate you. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time. Realistically, can Portugal really win the World Cup? Is that possible? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see.